Hello, welcome. It's yet another a star to steer her by. I know you Ooh. thought we were we were gone, but we're back with another week's worth of Star Trek commentary and discussion. Uh, I've written uh. you an essay. We're gonna get into it now. You wrote an essay? No, but I have the I have synopses for two episodes that we're talking about this week. Oh man, I got so excited. It is our episode number three hundred and twenty-four. Damn. Right? No, oh, woo! Thank you. I was waiting for a woo. There it is. Sorry, uh, I'm just fuck. I'm I'm bracing myself. As usual, this is Ames. This is Caitlin. This is Jake. This is Chris. Do you not like one of these episodes, or are you bracing yourself because you've injured your neck already? There's an aspect in both of them that has me very cross. Neat. Uh, Let's find out what it is. I believe it's pronounced. The man is cross. Everyone, everyone, watch out. It's pronounced bum, Chris. Uh, I don't think I've said which episodes these are yet that Chris is ready to be crossed with. Uh, The episodes are Shadows of Pajem and Shuttlepod 1. So basically, and here's... I don't know why this is the thing I'm going to harp on. It's let's end the episode from the same high angle shot of someone in sick bay week. Yay. Uh, here on so a star to steer her by. They I do it in both episodes. And once you notice it, it's very frustrating. Let's talk about it. We're starting <laughs> off with shadows of Pajem though. Uh, here we are doing the thing. Uh, Ambassador Saval, that Vulcan we met once confirms that yes, the Andorians have destroyed the fuck out of that monastery on Pajem. Yes. All thanks to Archer in the Andorian incident, which I bitched about a whole lot a couple of weeks ago. Go back and listen to that episode. I was very cross, so it's only fitting that I get to bitch about again now. <laughs> fuck you, Archer. God damn him. So, T'Pol gets to say, I told you, told you so in her most Vulcan way possible. And then she learns that she's getting relieved of duty on the Enterprise. What a relief. <laughs> Literally, out of sheer stubbornness, Archer decides, I have to take T'Pol on our final mission to Corridan, because she's not getting off that easy. And Corridan is a place we've heard of. We, meant, we heard it mentioned in uh, Journey to Babel. It's where they were going. They mentioned it in Sarek. I think it may have been where they were going. It's definitely come up before. So we're heading over there. However, we get our asses captured by terrorists of some kind and tied up in some dungeon or other, as we are wont to do. Meanwhile, the Vulcan captain Sopek of the Vulcan ship Nivar shows up to bring T'Pol home. And Trip has to say, mm, well, about that. They're, no, do, uh, it with the, do it with the accent, Ames. I, I don't have the accent. Let me think. <laughs> They're tied up tighter than a crawdad in a pot of boiling water. Something Woo! southern. And Sopek says, (laughs) Well, we Vulcans will take care of it. You humans don't get involved. So Tripp and Reed say, Oakley doakley, but really, let's get involved a whole lot. (laughs) Before they're promptly kidnapped by Andorians like failures. (laughs) Meanwhile, the two crawdads have gotten out of their pot of boiling water after a really agonizingly long boob-smothering scene. Oh, my God. Archer is dead now. He has died of boob-smothering. Thank God. If only. Shouldn't we all? Well, but you know, if you gotta go. Anyway. So it was all moot. All the boob-smothering was moot. Trip and Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. No, 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 that's a boat, not a boot. 
Oh. Moot, I mean. Wait. Moot. Let me try again. That's a boat, not a moot. Still not funny. Go Still ahead. not funny. I'm co- I'm continuing because we're getting we're we're getting close to something actually happening. Perhaps. Nope. Maybe not. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Reed team up with Shran, who's only there because he's not been sleeping because he really hates having a debt to Archer. So it sounds like he must have foreseen this coming. Question marks. Anyway, all this while the Vulcan team is getting pl- ready to plan some kind of commando raid, which doesn't seem very Vulcan at fucking all, but we'll get into that later. Everything is coming to a head in some big firefight. I'm pretty sure only the terrorist characters get killed because no no one ever dies in this show. And I don't even think that was at the hands of the Starfleet people. I think it was only from Vulcans and Andorians. Anyway, the head terrorist, Traeg, is about to shoot Sopek or Archer. I couldn't tell. Could have been somebody else. Could have just been anyone in the way. And T'Pol jumps in the way for no fucking reason. Something so emotional that Sopek agrees to ask the Vulcan High Command if she can stay on the Enterprise after all. And we do the high-angle zoom-out shot of T'Pol and Sickbay, thinking, hmm, maybe I'll have to stay here after all. The <laughs> fucking end. They didn't that, want that, that illogic of hers spreading to, you know, healthy Vulcans. Like, oh god, all the humans have rubbed off on you. Literally. Literally. Just, just Archer. That fucking <laughs> scene. What it's the awful. fuck with that fucking, like, I know every episode is like, let's just be shitty with T'Pol, but this week, is, it's like, it's a twofer. It's a twofer of terrible, like, was that supposed to be fucking funny? Because it wasn't. Was it no, supposed it was to be for erotic? Little boys. Because it wasn't. Little- Little boys and to be all horny at. They know their audience. Jesus. The twelve year old the twelve year old little boy deep inside me was pretty turned on, I'm not gonna lie. But um But it wasn't even erotic. It was just awkward. It was two people fumbling around. I yeah, was... but she fell out of her boobs went in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for every boy to wish he was in that circumstance. Poor fucking I thought fucking you were gonna say Jolene Blaylock. Oh, it's gross. It's super gross. I will say this, though. I appreciated Archer's restraint. Like, I don't even get the impression that he had a boner at all. It was very like, oh, no. He only has a boner for space. Like, I thought you going to say no, trip. Kirk has a boner for the Enterprise. <laughs> yes. Though, I guess we haven't uh, actually seen Archer's uh, decon p- uh, panty silhouette yet. So it's hard to say whether or not she would have known if he had a boner or not. Mm, like with trip, you definitely know, you know? Also, Andorians, gotta love them. Blowing up a gym, good for them. Fuck no. Fucking fuck no. Why? Why, Chris? So it's okay. Here we go. So it's okay for the Andorians to be listening to the Vulcans on their sensors and know that what's going on over here at Corridan. But it's not okay for Vulcans to have a listening post for similar fucking reasons. Oh, no, you, no, it's it's not OK for any of them to. But if the Vulcans ever find the Andorians, when they can blow it up, too. Yeah, yeah but mean, they that's, how, that's how spycraft works. That's espionage, man. Everybody does it to each other. But if you actually find out about it, you have to strike back. Yeah. And yeah, those Andorians like, don't fuck they around. Ha- they didn't have to destroy all the relics. They could have just gotten some of those like, uh, you know, in Batman Forever, when the Riddler has his little duck bombs and he just blows up the Batcave. He doesn't take out Wayne Manor. He just blows up the Batcave. They could have just fucked up the outpost and not destroyed the like countless, you know, millennia old treasures of the Vulcan well, people. Here, didn't even, didn't, their didn't, treasures, didn't, what do they care? The Vulcans. Yeah, but like didn't. Go ahead, Jake. 
see the Vulcans knowingly built this spy, you know, station, this listening post under like the Vulcans put it there. Yep. The reason they put it there is because they thought, oh, no one's going to look here. It's just some monks. They basically they the Vulcans use these monks and and the monastery as like human shields basically to conduct their operation so th- i feel like the vulcans are uh somewhat responsible for this and not to put to a modern not not to put a modern spin on this with the very very uh very current event but then would you say that israel bombing schools with children in them is okay because the Palestinians may have hidden weapons there, because it's kind of similar. Nope, this is nope, not at all. No, 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 These are two equally powerful nations attacking one another. This isn't an oppressed group and any of the complexities of Israel. This would be like if we decided to build a listening post under the National Cathedral. The Russians found out and they blew up the National Cathedral. It's a pretty good. That's a good comparison. Notice for everyone to evacuate first yeah which they did not have to do that was really i just found that like typical enterprise writing where everything is so bloodless i <laughs> yeah, wanted them to have killed the monks. yo i wanted something to feel like there were stakes and they're just it's just a cruel I mean, blowing up a religious site full of relics for yeah spiteful reasons i think it's fucked up too i'm, I'm with you ames nah nah i also just like, again, they're both bad people, but at the end of the day, I'm on the Andorian side right now because every Vulcan we've met so far has been the worst. Yeah. Hey. Also, Shran is delightful and charming and mm. all the Vulcans are fucking shitheads. Is he? I'm yet to see any characterization in Shran. I don't know if he's delightful and charming, but he's not a Vulcan. And he is played by Jeffrey Racist. Combs, who is charming and whatever else yeah, we said. So. Maybe it's just Racism. that I'm finding Shran so nothing so far. Racism. Yeah, we're used, we're used to him bringing I'm, a lot more, I would say. Yeah, I think I think maybe I'm letting my my foreknowledge of the Shran character. Color. So it just takes a while or what? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a continual presence throughout the series. And, there, you know, and he's got some good appearances, so... Well, I'll I'll judge those because so far I'm just gonna say, eh, he's just a recurring character. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't know. I thought much. it was I thought it was pretty hot that he said that Archer was uh, thinking about Archer was keeping him up at night. I was into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Archer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would say, Ames, to your point, r- racism and overcoming it is a big theme of Enterprise. Well, in what about your racism against Vulcans? Or is it that Chris is also going to come around? That's hopefully my character arc, yes. I would like that. because I eventually th- loved Neelix. That's true. Stranger yeah. things have happened. See, my Although thing I've is, also been ragging on Vulcans for years now because they're the worst. Fair. That's true. Yeah, my thing is I just continue to detest most of the things Archer does. And since I found he, him to have absolutely no fucking place in the disputes between Andorians and Vulcans, that I'm just very angry that something happened because of some stupid shit Archer did. Now, to be fair to Archer, who's an idiot, <laughs> I feel like the impression we're starting to get from this is that what the Vulcans have been doing is kind of trying to very quietly take over this area of space via... I don't get, get takeover. Not, well, not like takeover in the sense of well, leading... Well, through figureheads, though. Well, you, so... Puppet, through puppet like, governments. Through, like, cultural influence. 
like not officially running governments or anything like that, but they clearly want everyone to come to them to, you know, to be their buddy and they'll be de facto in charge. And the arrival of humanity is clearly fucking that up to an extent. And of course, well, the Andorians aren't giving in. I also think there's there's there might be uh, some hints of colonialism in the Vulcan's relationship with Earth. Oh, goodness. Yes. Um, you know that that I, th- I actually think you might be right. I, I kind of see it the, in the state of the galaxy or in the state of this, you know, part of the galaxy at the time of Enterprise. It's like you have it seems like so far the big powers that, that are involved here are the Vulcans and the Andorians. And you kind of have the Klingons, and the, but they're they're off doing their own shit. But the two big superpower rivals so far seem like the Vulcans and the Andorians, and they're at odds. So, like, the Vulcans' involvement in Earth is probably just as much about them making sure that the Andorians are not involved in Earth, hmm. and probably Corridan, too. Yeah. So, like, these these are, like, proxy wars, like, Cold War-era proxy wars between these so what, two So what does Andoria powers. want, is the question. Do we know yet, or is it the same thing? They just don't like it's the Vulcans. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. It's probably the same thing. Yeah, you know, they, they prob- you know influence. Yes, yeah. the same reason you know what they they want. It's the same reason the United States spent the twentieth century you know putting bases and deploying soldiers into all of South America and all of you know East Asia and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like I was, get- was yeah. I I've been getting big. What I'm getting from the Vulcans in this, and I, I don't know that they necessarily did this on purpose. I don't want to give Enterprise too much credit, <laughs> but I, I don't know that I've said this before, but maybe I have. But like Vulcans in this, even though we said like very recently that this is like the most American Star Trek has been since the 60s, like as far as Archer and Starfleet, it all feels very America. Hoorah. I feel like if we're speaking metaphorically, Vulcans are the white people of space in this, specifically like white America, white Europe, this kind of cultural colonialism, if not literal colonialism. And it's getting thrown off a bit. You know, they've had their thing going with the with the Andorians clearly for some time now. And our arrival has really thrown things off. They had a nice little balance of terror going. And uh, Uh, also, I I, I feel like this might retroactively explain one of the weirdest lines in TOS. Way, way back in the day, at one point, clearly before they decided what the history of the Alpha Quadrant was, Bones grumbled at Spock, no wonder you people got conquered. Hmm. And that's never mentioned again. In fact, it's it's, it's a... What's the word I'm looking for where the, the opposite thing is said? Contradicted. It's contradicted at one point because I think somebody says Vulcan was never conquered. Yeah. Yeah. But unless well, he's I think, speaking... I think the implication at the time there was that, like, Earth conquered Vulcan. Yeah, because this was very early days of TOS, I think, before they had their history decided upon. But <laughs> now it retroactively works as maybe they were culturally conquered, in that now they have to work with other people instead of being, you know, big swinging dicks on the block. Although they've clearly allowed themselves to still be pretty big swinging dicks in Starfleet and the Federation. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think that they, I think you're, you, you know, assuming your your view and our view of the of the Alpha Quadrant politics is is accurate. It sounds like maybe they're really rethinking even going to Earth. You know, it was like, oh, you know, we're gonna these these people are downtrodden. They just had a big war. We're going to show up. We're going to save them, make them. They'll be very grateful. 
they'll be very grateful and and they'll be under our thumb for forever and, and then it turns and then, out yeah we don't like playing second dick to another big swinging dick. So where's the, dick. where's the logic? Is the logic that they're afraid the that humans are going to come out and be the big swinging dick and they want to keep them down? Like, what is think, the logical I just, explanation? I, th- I think the logical explanation is accumulate as much influence as you can yep. so that these other civilizations aren't going to rise up to eventually threaten you. Yeah, yeah. we can't have anybody else's big swinging dick rising up. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, like, and again, I, I feel like I said this one, but I feel like, you know, one thing that a lot of people were upset by when the show came out was the depiction of the Vulcans. Because really, up until this, the main Vulcan we had was Spock. Who is and kind Tuvok. of the, And Tuvok. And, like, Spock was kind of the exception to the rule, and Tuvok was, you know, he was Tuvok. He was pretty chill. We liked him. Mm-hmm. But... Every other, like, non-main character Vulcan example we've had seems to make these guys, like... Oh, yeah, these are Vulcans who are in Starfleet. They're different. Well, even, even Valeris. Oh, you know, well, like, well, Valeris, yeah, yeah. But that, like... But, like, she Savic. Seems... Savic is a Vulcan in Starfleet. Fits the yeah. mold. Yeah, but Savic, like, doesn't feel as out of place in the light of Enterprise Vulcans. You know, logic dictates you join some insane conspiracy to keep down the Klingons because, hey, they're weak. We can crush them. What is this from? Star Trek Six. That's not Savic. No, That's I know. Valeris. I said Valeris. Oh, did you say Valeris? I may have heard yeah, I, Savic I shifted in my, back to Valeris. In my yeah, crazy sorry. brain. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I also thought we were still on Savic, but. Yeah, Savic. Right. Yeah. But then, you, you know, think of most of the other Vulcans, like uh, Captain Racist Dickhead from DS9. There was some admiral at some point who was a prick. That narrows it down. Yes. <laughs> well, a, a Vulcan admiral. Please see Jake's uh, article about dickish admirals. Probably a Vulcan admiral say, though, uh, Speaking of admirals, so far at least, Admiral Forrest has uh, shown himself to be pretty solid. Yeah, competent. Of, like, yeah, competent and like having his people's back. The, le- the um, least asshole human we've probably met. Yeah. Because we got we everyone else is just him, racist. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. So this... Going back to just this episode, it's shaky. I think that there's some really cringy scenes, like the the boob face scene. But overall, I don't mind this episode. That's the I thing. Think That's it's one. It's one of the better ones that we've seen so far, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. The thing that's part of the reason the scene bothers me so much is because, like, you know, it's like, hey, they're kind of doing okay this time, but they had to fucking do that. You know, it's like it's still this like. Lucy pulling the football away moment <laughs> in the middle of an otherwise competent episode. I don't know. I was I was a bit cold on this episode because so much of it was questioning why T'Pol would just do her duty and leave Starfleet because the Vulcans told her to. And Archer getting really offended on her behalf when she's not at all bothered by this. And then Archer basically telling her, like, over and over whilst they're tied up in a room together, we gotta fight for you to stay in Starfleet, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, dude, she has a different point of view than you, and I'm really getting goddamn sick of it. I don't even think of it as, because, you know, I think he's also sad that the Vulcans are taking out their hostility on T'Pol because she, she becomes the scapegoat. I actually think that this is, what's our ambassador's name? Uh, Saval. Saval. Yeah, I think this go. is actually Saval just trying to piss off Archer by taking away someone someone of his. I don't think it's about T'Pol at all. I think it's Saval's, Saval 
punishing Archer by taking away one of his people. Yeah, well, I think I think that's probably true. I th- but I think I think it serves two purposes. It it punishes Archer. It, it takes him down a peg. Because fuck not that just man. by him, just by not him. You know, just by him losing personnel. But also, if he doesn't feel bad enough about what happened at at Pajem, well, now he also has the added guilt of oh, this very competent officer is now going to be, you know, demoted and punished. Scrubbing the poop mines. Yeah. <laughs> and the Vulcan poop mines are n- no place you want to be. Well, well they're, all veg- they're all vegetarian, you know, so... Damn that's... it, you beat me to it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting back to the thing, I have a question. Yes. Why has it taken so long for there to be any fucking comeuppance? <laughs> I mean, pigeon? like, here's the thing. Honestly considering how like short memoried star trek tends to be i'm surprised we ever fucking heard about it again I mean, like if this was if this was voyager this oh yeah, never, never would have come up yeah i mean you know those so monks it, are dead but, well so, yeah, yeah that, that's the thing like it feels like they're acting quickly on the destruction of pajem why it took the andorians so long to kerplode it is another question well i'm also wondering yeah. why didn't the writers do this earlier oh cuz that would have made why, sense why <laughs> Fair. Okay. And like, I mean, have you seen how they have run this show? Right. Again, like Caitlin said, I am almost shocked that there were consequences at all. Mm. Mm. I'm amazed that even like fucking Shran coming back and saying, I owe you. And it wasn't just some new Andorian. I haven't been able to sleep at night because all I keep thinking about is how much I have to give back to Archer. <laughs> I was does... very irate that they brought back that rapist Andorian. Yeah, too. I was, it's like him, really. Why not oh, the other that was one. The one? That one is the one you had to bring. Yeah, back? it's the same one. Gross. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Bring but, back uh, the other one. He was fine. Yeah, or just bring in a new one. And also, this is the last we see rapist Andorian, so we don't even get to see him get fucking murdered some way. Let's tell ourselves he died during this. Good. Horribly, I'm glad. Very horribly. And yeah, but Ames, I didn't really think about it till you said in your intro, but it does sort of suggest that Shran has just been following just outside of Enterprise's sensor range this whole time. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I was very Andorian confused. sensors are a little more sh- powerful, so he's just like, just stay right. I can't do a Shran. Like, just like stay right why is it so range. convenient? It's so convenient that he's here on this particular day, like he knew it was going to happen. And he's like, okay, now's a great time I can save Archer's life. How did you know, asshole? <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? You know what it is? He heard through the intelligence wires that, oh, they're they're reassigning to Paul. And he went, hmm, the pink skin is sure to do something stupid because of this. If he's going to get himself into trouble anytime, it's now. Well, and also, though, like they said that they had people inside the Corridan. I wanted to know more about that. So it might just be. Well, it kind of makes sense. Like if they're sort of they're having their little Cold War thing with the Vulcans and the Vulcans are putting in their like you know, puppet governments or their cultural whatever's, you know, all over the place. It makes sense that one, that there would be splinter groups of people who are pissed off about it because there's Mm -hmm. always going to be people that are like, yeah, fuck this new regime, fuck the Vulcans. And it makes sense that if they've been, if the Andorians have been paying attention to what the Vulcans are doing, they would know about those splinter cells and then they could get involved and try to take over or at least have people on the ground to, like, know what's going on. Aww, but still, but then their informant got killed. Mm. Yeah. But still, to, to be there that quickly, Shran had to have already been in the general area. 
Yeah, he was definitely like cloaked behind someone's ship this whole time. Well, it also it sounded like Shran was involved with the resistance on this planet, not specifically the guys that kidnapped. Well, that's fucking convenient. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because he said he even said like I have I have a man on the inside, so somebody who was one of the people in the terrorist camp, the guy that got shot, who is like, I think our first actual death in this show, by the way. I think you're right. Uh, And we don't even know that he died. We just saw him got shot and fall down. So who knows? He's probably just sleeping. Um, (laughs) Well, I I mean, T'Pol didn't die. And it was. That's true. Probably potentially. the same. But that was an Andorian weapon. Who shot the informant? I think it was Vulcans. Yeah, I think it was the Vulcans. What are their weapons like? Brutal. The Vulcans were just fucking shooting wildly, apparently. Yeah, this was the least Vulcan plan I've ever seen, and it pisses me off an awful lot that what's his name? I've lost his name. Sopek. That Sopek decides, okay, we're gonna mount the rescue. We've, we're on it. Firefight. The least logical solution I've ever yeah. fucking heard. Honestly, well, and like, I'm good. I was just saying, and like his whole thing about don't do anything stupid now is is fucking ridiculous because he him and his buddies go in there and just start blasting and Oh, it's like that Danny course, DeVito like, meme. Yeah, exactly. I just started blasting. And if if Archer or T'Pol just happened to be standing in that room, one of them probably would have got shot. My question, my question then becomes why do the Vulcans even fucking bother. They were trying to kill Archer and T'Pol. I like that. Oh, I yeah, kind of no, like that. I, I think Trip even suggested that, oh, and if someone happens to get hit in the crossfire, no problem with you, eh? Or whatever. And I believe him. I'm, like, I, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, if we accept that, like, if we, if we go, with, go with a premise that this, that Cordon is like a proxy, a proxy war. war between, you know, with the Vulcan supporting... The, you know, as Shran said, like the totalitarian government and the Andorian supporting the upstart rebels, then the Vulcans mounting a rescue of one of their people and a human in that are, you know, in a, being held in a terrorist encampment. Mm-hmm. And then the hu- and then the Vulcan and the human just get yeah. caught in the crossfire. Then you blame the other guy. Then that's hey, and the Andorians were fucking supporting these people. One of the people that we killed was an Andorian agent. Look, um, pay, payback and then for Pajes. Yeah, you just escalate the escalate the conflict. It, that's it a works. good reason. And, I like that. Yeah, and if you know, and if you happen to kill the problematic Archer and T'Pol, no, in go the out process, of your way and kill the problematic Archer and T'Pol. Yeah, like, after it's you like, go in and like we are saving you, we're saving you, but then you shoot them in the head. Yeah, it's a win-win. And you <laughs> now potentially get, if you can successfully, you know, tie the rebels, you know, the rebel terrorists, if you can successfully tie them to the Andorians, now you also have made an enemy of Earth, and now they're they're going to join you in yep. their hatred of the uh, Andorians. So it's it's extremely logical if your goal is to escalate the conflict with the Andorians. Yeah. All very fair. And finally, maybe get the humans to chill out a little. By which I mean, follow oh. follow our example more rigidly. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this Captain Gardner chump was. I think we either beat him or hear more about him later. It sounds like a yeah, chump. Cool. 
<laughs> I mean, Arch is he's the he's the Jellico of the yes, that's uh, exactly what it is. Twenty second century. Ah, uh, I mean, Arch is a dick, but I bet Gardner's awful in his own special way. As long as he makes Gardner's Tro- probably the company man, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as he makes Troy take off that stupid fucking jumpsuit, I'm on board. Mm. <laughs> Team that's, Jellico. It's true. I haven't done enough shitting on Flocks yet today. So let's no, start. He stole food again. He stole food oh again. Oh my god. Hate Seriously. Him. Dick. I, I rewound I'm to so make sure. I'm so glad you said that because I thought the same <laughs> thing. I was like, here's Phlox helping himself to T'Pol's fucking lunch again. What an asshole. What an asshole. What an asshole. Yeah. I'll join oh, you. What an asshole. Way, oh, and they're going to have a little going away party for you. Oh, I'll look forward to stealing food off your plate at the party. <laughs> like how he sounds like hedonism bot. Yay! <laughs> like, you know that motherfucker, right? If he was at a party and there was somebody walking around with hors d'oeuvres, he oh, wouldn't he'd take, take the whole tray. No, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't take anything off the tray. He'd wait till somebody else took it and put it on their plate and then take it off <laughs> their yes. plate. You're right. That's it. While looking the person with the tray dead in the eyes. <laughs> God, I hate it. And him. looking at the person who took the food with the other eye. Yep, it turns out they can do that lizard thing. No. Because why not? And then and then he gives you that fucking smile. Flox is like a vul- I, That's a denobulant. Wow, fuck. Denobulans should be like Vulcans, where every time you turn around, they have a new power. But in their case, rather than being a plot convenience, it's just to make them more uh, off-putting and annoying. <laughs> mm. I think uh, Phlox already has that. That's what we more and more. We just find out more and more details over time. Like, you know. Listen, Chris, I don't want to I don't want to yuck your yum on this one, but I don't need to know anything else about him. He already got we got a Phlox centric episode. I hated it. Let's not, no, I'm just kidding. I actually don't even remember how I felt about it. But every second that Phlox was on screen, I was Which deeply was a uncomfortable. Lot of it, yeah. Yeah. Phlox is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you that. Unfortunately, his name doesn't rhyme with anything fun, so we can't do a Kirk is a jerk. Phlox mm. is a cock. Phlox is a pox on this show. Holy yeah. shit! And the it's irony, funny. People he's love a doctor. Him. There are there are people who, who, the who love the show. Who, who's he's their favorite character? Wow, what the fuck is wrong with? Have those people ever seen any other shows? Apparently not. I don't know. Maybe he gets significantly better in the future. Maybe I don't remember but, though. I, I, but I don't, so far, it's rough. Like I don't remember leaving the show with a strong impression of him either way. So maybe well, he ends up pro- averaging out to forget forgettable. <laughs> I was gonna say that's promising. <laughs> Maybe in future they'll try less hard to make us give a shit about him. Maybe. Like, they'll be like, wow, Flox really isn't doing it with the test audiences. Time to put him in the background like Mayweather. <laughs> or Mayweather. May- May- did Mayweather have a line? Was Mayweather week? in either of these? I know. Yes, I saw him in one of them for sure. Yeah, I know he was in the background once and you heard his voice on the radio, I think, once. Okay. But yeah, he, he does do very shit. little. Nope, nope. I mean, for that matter, Hoshi didn't do much either this Hey, week. hey, Hoshi yeah, got to do the I can't hear you, we're going through a tunnel thing true. with the Vulcans yeah, like a loser. She didn't get to do that. She didn't a... get to run interference, literally. Classic and she track told move. us <laughs> she told us that she had learned a whole language. I don't remember what language it was or who was, whose yeah. it was. Was it the Corridans? Probably. So, that's pretty good. What's sad <sighs> is, despite what little she's had to do, I think she's already done more than poor Nichelle Nichols did in the whole of TOS. Woof. I don't know. She hasn't had to kiss anybody yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be realistic. 
We had a whole scene of watching Archer licking gruel. Oh, oh yeah, God. what the yeah. fuck? And the worst part, I was necessary. I was I was watching that with headphones, and the sound oh, effects no. were too good, Ooh. too good. Good job, well, sound done, effects, Foley guy. He was able to pull the fucking transmitter out of there just fine. He didn't need to lay there lapping at the bowl like fucking Porthos. <laughs> oh, Christ on a button. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, that was that was gross. There's not going to be any plumic broth to Paul. <laughs> You're not going to be able to eat a salad because Phlox ate it all already. Off of your plate. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, um, I think the, the last thing I've got is, so yeah, we, T'Pol gets shot. I'm not entirely sure why she really wanted to jump in front of some bullets. Was it because, oh, Archer had so many emotions that I somehow absorbed some emotions and really need to show that I've had a character arc this episode. Or did she just uh, want to die from, from having yeah. to talk with Archer all episode long? The motivation for that, I mean, obviously for the plot, it's important that she does it because it gives a reason for the Vulcan to feel indebted to her, I guess. But Lots of debt as, in this episode, eh? Yeah. As a character choice, I just, I don't see to Paul jumping in front of a gun really for anybody let alone that guy maybe it would have made more sense if she did it for Archer I, I originally um, thought she, that the gun was aimed at Archer and thought that's what she was doing but then read a couple synopses afterwards and they were like oh yeah it was aimed at that guy maybe she thought if she tried to protect him and lived the Vulcans would forgive her <laughs> and not send her to the poop mines and just send her to the like well, sadly, crappy it library on her yeah. fucking ass because Archer again. And here's another thing that pissed me off because you know she wakes up and he tells her, "Oh, I convinced Ambassador Dickwad to say he, <laughs> you know, go back to the High Council or how high whoever." High this was Captain Dickwad. Captain Dickwad, thank you. And maybe he'll speak on behalf of you staying on Enterprise. And her response was. You should have consulted me first. And damn fucking straight you should have. Why does Archer have to make the decisions for people when he doesn't know their intent? I'm so angry. Yeah. What it an is asshole. Kind of fucked up. Especially because it's like, it's almost like that's his revenge because she didn't seem sad that she was getting sent away. He's like, oh, not going to miss us, is she? Well, I'll make her stay until she will miss us. That'll show her. You know who doesn't miss someone, though? Reed's parents. <laughs> They're so British. They're like, oh, where is he again? We lost track. Uh, cool. So wrapping that up, let's move on to Shuttle Pod 1. Uh, so as I am wont to say, Trip and Reed are flying around. Woo! Uh, but they're in the Shuttle Pod today. And they're doing scanning, or doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're they were testing pod. something. Who cares? Sure. And they're out there, and they feel some kind of kaboom. And Boom. they lose their sensors and comms. Whoopsie. <laughs> so they start back to go rendezvous, rendezvous with the Enterprise. But all they find is wreckage of the ship all over an asteroid. Oh, no. Welp, we're fucking boned. Mm-hmm. However, we learn pretty quick that sadly Archer is still alive. <laughs> Rats. Uh, it and was flocks. 
Oh, uh, I, would, I would not have been sad. Uh, it was just some alien ship thing that was malfunctioning due to micro-singularities, apparently, that we never get back to, but that's okay. That took off a couple panels of the Enterprise while they were exploding, but we rescued all the people off of it because no one ever no one fucking dies. dies. No one dies! Meanwhile, over on Shuttle Pod 1, they only have 10 days of air. They can't call anyone, and they assume that they're weeks away from rescue because, you know, they think Enterprise is blown up. Yep. Uh, so from there, this kind of turns into just a kind of simple character PC kind of story about the two different takes they have on how to accept their imminent demise. Trip is jury rigging everything he can on Shuttle Pod 1. He's got the refrigerator running. He's got the, the <laughs> oven to keep them warm. He's, he's done everything on the ship to try to give them a fighting chance. While Reed has started writing farewell logs to his family and to every woman he's ever made eye contact with in his life. <laughs> Seriously, a, there was a gal named Caitlin. <laughs> Ooh, there was what, what did his letter say, Caitlin? <laughs> wow, I don't, um, I, I, thoughts of your big ass have been keeping me sane during this horrible time. Keeping me so warm. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, so it eventually, there's some kind of breach thing that knocks their oxygen levels down even more, adding insult to imminent demise. And, <laughs> and Trip turns off the heat to give them 12 more hours than they'd have of oxygen. Yeah, 12 miserable hours. Fuck that. Yeah, but at least they have this bottle of Kentucky bourbon to keep them warm and let them have heart-to-heart -heart conversations over that they would never have had if Reed weren't drunk. But then, suddenly, out of nowhere, Hoshio... Hosh wow, Hoshio... What is the, what is my life? Hoshi radios over with some new rendezvous coordinates two days hence. And there's a moment of, oh, yay, the Enterprise still exists before at a very abrupt, oh no, we do not have the two days left to get there. Trip is ready to pull an oats and just go outside and maybe some time to give Reed a little bit more air to breathe. But Reed won't let him, and instead they decide to blow up their impulse engine because one of them has recently seen the Galileo 7, I guess. Oh, that is uh, what they did. That is what they, well, they, they ignited something. They did it for a different but reason. Yeah, but still, they, they... It was to get attention, though. It was, yeah, kaboom, yeah. look, it's me. I, Save I asked, me, please. I asked Chris while watching this if they were going to somehow do some, like, Morse code action with their, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the pod. Well, I think they mentioned that, but I think they said, like, visually they wouldn't be visible yeah. from that no, I distance. Think, I think what I expected them to do was to just rely on the sheer size and girth of Reed's raging boner for T'Pol. Oh, I'm not oh. done with the synopsis. Let me get to yeah, the end. Enterprise saves, th saves them. After all, everyone's, every, you know, day is saved. And we do the high angle zoom out shot of Reed and Trip in sick bay. The exact same shot that we just saw in Shadows of Pajem, the end. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> so, again, pretty competent episode. Mm -hmm. But the dream sequence. Why? And then the you bum know, discussion. <laughs> why? The bum discussion yeah. wasn't bad. The trying to make out with T'Pol was gross. I really liked Stinky. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, if you're, if you forget that this was written like if, if you can forget that like did some, you think somebody, ai wrote it or what well if you if you assume that these are real people oh okay it seems it it's it's better because like i could imagine having a dream like that <laughs> a wet dream about to paul <laughs> a wet dream about to paul why not <laughs> you know it just made me think of chick 
Oh, no. You know that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Jeff's like, yeah, the other night, Cheryl j- dipped in or whatever. Oh, yeah. He was jerking <laughs> off. He's like, I, you can't, I can't help who comes in when I'm doing, when I'm doing that. Yeah, I like to okay. think that Reed has never even noticed to Paul before. But then in the stream, he wakes up and he's like, oh, she does have a nice bum. I oh, had never yeah. thought of this. Okay, I wasn't. I was debating whether or not to bring this up. I'm going to do it mostly for like three people in the audience. Oh, my God. Is this your theory? Ames, I apologize in advance. Oh, God. Should I, I just leave? Ins- I'll I- leave. Is Batman involved? No, no, no Batman. I was going to insist that you did. I'm Joyce. glad you're doing it. James Joyce. James Joyce, author of Ulysses. No one the, has ever read Ulysses. No, yeah, well, Reed is fucking lying. Reed is. But well, Reed every is English major owns Ulysses, but has never read it. I have it. I've never read it. I even I had know. a copy, and I wasn't an English major. I think I know where you're going. with You this know where I'm going with this. On. I I think I own it too, and I was never even assigned it. I just bought it because I was like, I'm gonna read Ditto. it someday. Same here. Yeah, I I bought it at my uh, school bookstore just for shits and gigs. So Jimmy Joyce yeah, writes yeah. Ulysses, right? Sure. Allegedly. Yes. Well, <laughs> <Allegedly>. yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Joyce also famously wrote his letters to Nora. A lover oh. of his. And you can get edited ones that are just all the love letters and all this. And it's all very clean and, you know. <laughs> but why would you fucking bother? <laughs> but it turns out, and Kate Beaton does a comic about this, which I shall find. The unedited letters give us notice of James, well... What some folks might call a scat fetish. Mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely read about this. In detail about how much he enjoyed Nora's farts. So he's reading is Ulysses. Scatolo- is scatolo- scat- what's the w- verb for this? Scatology? Scatological? Scatol- yeah. That's not a verb, though. That's an adjective. Sure, yeah, let's say scatology. Why let's not? Let's say scatology. I, like I thought that was specifically shit, though. I thought I didn't think it was fart. I think there might be stuff about shit well, in there, too. Let's he, not also likes, he also likes her... Uh, <laughs> Her racing striped uh, <laughs> underpants, he mentions. Okay, yeah, well, there so, you go. Then it is scatological. But, so he's reading Ulysses. In the dream, he's like going on and on about stinky. Is this a code <laughs> to let us know that Reed also likes toots? Toots! Hmm. I'm going to say sure. I, I, I like where your head's at, Chris. I'm disgusted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, wow, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the Caitlin and Jake this week. Yeah, yeah, bring up shit fucking. Nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yes, my first thought before we got to stinky Ames was also no one's fu- stop that read you lying prick. I mean, it's the future. People are better than we are. So oh. maybe they maybe actually speaking of better than we are. I know maybe oh. to a certain extent he's joking, but like to have read be like hey, comic books and science fiction. Some of the most major science fiction authors are British. Oh, science fiction even... was basically invented by Mary Shelley and H.G. Wells. Arthur that C. Clarke a... is British. I'm sorry. I keep thinking you're done and then jumping on you. I apologize. That's right. Now I'm done. Well, like, I I just don't like it because I hate when people say shit like that in a science fiction franchise. That too, yes. I despise yeah, it's that. It's very like, uh, self-referential. And it's, it's just an, stupid. It's, it's it, it takes you out. It's, yeah. But again, also, like, the British love science fiction. They invented Doctor Who, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Douglas Adams. He's great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like well, I think it's act- I think it's it's not necessarily the British ishishness of him. I think it's just the we want to see Reed as hoity-toity, kind of stuck up, keeps mm. everyone at an arm's length yeah. for the top of this episode, so that when he starts to kind of peel away the layers as he thinks he's going to die, and also his inhibitions go down when he has 
most of that bottle of bourbon. So much. Um, to kind of that bottle get, that never emptied. That bottle that kept refilling slightly, if you noticed. Well, there isn't a toilet in there. No! Oh, my God. Sorry. Who has a scat fetish now? Wow, not, ooh. Oof. That's water sports. I know. It's called docking. I don't need to learn this, but... Uh, no, I kind of like yeah. that about, about Reed this episode. Like, Reed actually... When we kind of see him at his most vulnerable and talking about how, yeah, the reason why I'm I'm really upset is because the Enterprise just died and I it was it had literally the only people I was even remotely close to. And considering when we saw how close he was to most people on Enterprise and it wasn't very, it yeah. makes yeah. his life seem real fucking sad. Well, Let's be fair. The only person we saw him definitely not being close to was Phlox. And I think that we can really all, we can all sort of relate to that. Hey, don't forget, there was that scene where he thought Hoshi was hitting on him when she was trying to figure out what his favorite food was. And he was like, mm, nope, not interested. Which, considering what a fucking hornball we find out he is in this episode. Yeah, because he can't get close to people. He just fucks. He fucks and he moves on. But he fucks and sucks. And in this case, he was like, I can't do that here. This is too confined. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was being responsible. So the thing. Yeah, I think the thing about Reed is he's obviously a fairly socially awkward man. Deeply. Generally, he doesn't have relationships really (laughs) with his family, as we've seen. Probably better off that way. (laughs) He doesn't really seem to have relationships with the crew, but because Hoshi and Archer and Trip was there because they got him a birthday cake. Yeah. They are now his best friends in the whole world. Oh, God, That's that is what it was. beautiful and sad. Sad, yeah. And they're the yeah. only people that ever thought of him enough to get him a birthday cake. Oh, at least in a flavor he liked. Yeah. Well, it, oh, God. And like the throw, not throwaway, but like the letter to his parents were basically. It turns out they've frozen him out of their lives because he joined Starfleet. It's like, Jesus Christ. Well, they wanted him to join the Royal Navy or whatever. Idiots. Wasn't that an, ep- wasn't that a it thing was. in an episode? It was. Yeah, in the cake episode. Yeah, and that's actually, so something that, um, that I thought, so, so ultimately they do this thing where they blow up the, the impulse drive and that's what gets the Enterprise's attention, presumably. But I kind of wish that they had tied that idea in better with Reed's like naval upbringing. Mm. Na- naval. In what way? Well, How would you tie I, it I together? Be, by being like, like, he could come up with the idea and be like, of course, a signal flare. Yeah, in ancient times when, in, in the ancient earth, ancient times. When, when, a, when a ship was lost at sea, they would get the attention of another oh, faraway ship about. by launching a flare. That's mm. what we need. We need we need a flare. And 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 trips like, buddy, we don't got a flare gun in here. Do you, do you, what are you gonna do? Pop open the hatch and shoot off a flare gun? <laughs> Moon yeah, him with your white that. ass. <laughs> and, and he's like, no, but we have we have something better. What accent is drive. this? <laughs> My read accent. I was gonna say it's it is. <laughs> Honestly, it's the first. I think it's the first time he's not just done read as a ridiculous comedy cockney. Or he's any doing English a fine person. job. So anyway, they you know, and then and then I don't know. I just think that would have been a nice touch yeah, to have him yeah. like re- go on his uh, go back on his uh, his upbringing 
since it was since it already came up in the episode. And then he'd write Mumsy and Dadsy a letter being like, Oi, Mum and Dad, I thought about our fathers and our forefathers and everyone who was in the Navy, and I used that knowledge to save the day. And they're like, we still hate you, you're dead to us. I was like, but then again, he did use his own self, which is I love explosions. Yay! He that does motherfucker love explosions. Loves blowing shit up. I think you go far back enough in the family history, Janeway is actually partially descended from him. <laughs> so what's really kind of interesting about this, as I said, as a character piece, is like Reed is unaware he has plot armor. Right. Whereas Trip is. <laughs> <laughs> so from a metatextual sense, that's really quite interesting to see the interaction there. It's kind of like how with um the second Silver Bloods episode in Voyager. Course Oblivion, it's like people who are used to having plot armor suddenly don't have it and don't know how to deal. Yeah, they're like, what? This, this is... should lurk. This usually would work. Not with yeah. you, friend. <laughs> this is sort of the opposite, where it's like one character knows, the other doesn't, and how they conflict because of that. It's also, I think, good that there was plenty of dramatic irony. Like I said, right away, the audience knew, no, Enterprise yeah. is fine. Yeah, if, we if this were a twist at the end, it'd be dumb. Yeah, we would have known the whole time anyway. So better just to treat it as dramatic irony. It helps. It just works better that way. Uh, yeah, and then we get all the great, like, little sometimes fights, sometimes discussion between two, the two characters. And the two of them have chemistry like, whoa, like, they did a great job. They're great together. Yeah, I feel like they start putting these two together more often after this. Smart. Because I remember Good. them spending a lot of time together on the show. I think it's great that uh, the fact that they've both plowed the same waitress really brought them together. Aww. <laughs> That just would have made the flight even more awkward as far as I'm concerned. They're like, oh, well, thank God we're both dying because I wouldn't be able to take this. What's that? The Enterprise? Oh, I'm both relieved and a little sad. <laughs> You're right, though, Ames, when you mentioned Oates, because that was kind of my thought. But I was like, no, no, it's supposed to be the Englishman that tries to nobly sacrifice himself. Yeah, I've for a second I play. thought they were going to fight over who was going to go. Right? I, I mean, honestly, having seen this episode, I forgot, but I thought, do they fight over this? I feel like they fight over this. Yeah, I also kept thinking, you know, when it's like, you know, you, you won't shoot me when I'm trying to go out. What, what good will that do you? And my thought was, wait a minute, if you're both stunned, are you going to take in less oxygen? I wondered that, too. I wondered that, especially when Reed was aiming a gun at Trip, and was like, yeah. what if you just stun him, stun yourself, see what happens? The problem there, because I thought about this, is that close range stun is can be fatal. So yeah, they have to stand at opposite ends of the pod and do like a countdown. <laughs> there we go. And hope, yeah, that and hope that they're better at hitting their mark than we are when we clap this show in, you know? Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I do think, though, that something that they didn't think about was just anesthetizing one of them or both of them. Yeah. I mean, but did, do they have the, did they have the stuff for that? I'm sure Reed is trained in combat techniques and could just choke Trip out. Put him in a half, Nelson. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah, uh, but it, but the problem is, is that would probably give Trip a boner. And I don't think there's room in there for the two of them and Trip's boner, not to mention all the oxygen. That's true. But. But do do people? I, I would hope that there's like a medical kit that they that would have that type of equipment. Yeah, but in. like with anesthesia in it. All I know is that anytime, in, at least in future tracks, chronologically speaking, anytime you need to anesthetize somebody, you just you're it's just a hypo spray away. Yeah, but do people who are anesthetized use less oxygen? That I don't know. I think you generally use less oxygen when you're asleep. You breathe mm. less, I think. 
It's like, um, well, uh, anytime you're not talking, you're using less oxygen. So unless you're a rampant sleep talker like myself, that's already one step in the right direction. Yeah, and consider mm. also they would be unconscious, which is a deeper level of sleep, because I think you actually True. do a little more cardiovascular or you do maybe a little more heart pumping when you're in REM sleep. Hmm. Maybe if memory serves, I could be way wrong. But being just fucking unconscious would probably just be very slow breathing. Mm. Yeah. But. I know I know that REM sleep is a totally good way to say what you just said, but now I'm just trying to think about what REM sleep would be like for, you know, involving the band. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of lyrics. out to the one I love. There we go. Hmm. To Paul. <laughs> I wish that they had gone a step further with Malcolm thinking that the second time that they're back, you know, on Enterprise was a dream by calling to Paul stinky. Ha! <laughs> But no, he but he was stinky. I know, but it would have been funny if uh, he had said something like, don't you have something else to say to stinky? There you and go. she would just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> OK, he still needs to be in sickbay for a long time. <laughs> How does he know my nickname for all these humans? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking um, when he said he was liking the nickname stinky. I was like, I was like, does, does he mean because she thinks they all smell? Now, what I want to know is what nickname would Reed actually give himself if given the option? Because I feel like it would be something like Striker or I don't know. Falcon. Yeah, oh, Boomer. yes. No, oh, wait, no, no, no already, Mayweather's Boomer. Mayweather. Um, I forgot Mayweather existed for a minute. Fuck, what was, uh, <laughs> just like just like the writers. Yeah. Whoops. Um, I'm going to say Fox. As in Guy Fox. Guy Fox. Nice. Because he is famously a bomber man. But he was trying to British. He was trying to upend the government, which feels not very Reed. That's true. He is quite the bootlicker. Who's a bootlicker that likes explosions? Oh no. Just just kidding. I don't I don't know anything about his predilection for explosions. We do know he likes bootlicking, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes he becomes a floor just so he can lick the people. Like, <laughs> oh, the weird. Pe- a floor with, like, a tongue sticking yeah. out of it. <laughs> it's so vile. Well, he can well, just turn he... any portion of his body into tongue material. Yeah, well, here's the yeah. thing. A boot Wow, has... no wonder Kira always looked so happy. A boot has a tongue, so he can there just turn go. into a boot and lick ah, himself. There you go. Damn. Wow. wow. That was good. Anyway, I liked this show. I thought yeah. this was a good one. I liked this good one a show. lot. I think it was good character work. I like there were there were a lot of like little ideas, like using the nitrogen tank to find the leak. Yeah. Smart, nice little using little mashed potatoes to plug the leak. <laughs> Although for work. Although in- <laughs> I don't know, I've had those plastery uh, instant potatoes, and uh, I think it was a perfect plan. In retrospect, though, Jake, the nitrogen to find the leak. How much did that piss you off? Oh, I even said to Ames, <laughs> I was like. Oh, why don't they just look for the the cloud of air that uh, you know the rushing to the exit? Because <laughs> I thought that it's like oh, so they do understand that it makes more sense to have gas on the inside to to demonstrate this. Lo lo lo. Yeah. And it looked good. And here's the other thing I read about this episode that I kind of feel good and bad about at the same time because what they did to create the set of the inside of the shuttle pod was they basically made an igloo and constructed the outside with like six air conditioning units and blocks of dry ice. Mm. So wow. it was actually as cold as it looks. 
Oh my god. Yo, so watching that. them <laughs> shivering and stuff, because you know, every so often you're like, oh man, that's some good cold acting. They're actually no, that they're cold. Just cold. They had to act it in like a couple minutes at a time because Jeez. they would get too cold. The other thing in this episode, over on the ship, when thankfully we got very little on the on the ship, because I'm sure I would have been done with them pretty fast. Tapal thinks there's a micro singularity. And the first thing is Archer's like shrugging her off like, no, no, T'Pol, those don't actually exist. And she's like, yeah, but they're rumored that they might exist. There's just no proof. What if we looked into this? And it's the most interested in something we've ever seen T'Pol on this show. Yeah. And Archer is doing nothing but being a dick. Well, that's his actually, When they figure out it actually is a micro singularity instead of... Oh, T'Pol, you were right. Or her shoving it in his face that she was right. It's, oh, we should check on Trip and Reed then. I'm like, God, fuck, God, you, fuck you forever, fucking Archer. See, you know what I would have given him points for? Is if he'd been like, oh, huh, so Michael's singularities are real. Maybe that means time travel's real. Glare. Nah. Does Archer get better? I don't remember. I remember you liking him. Or at least not hating him. Yeah, I, I... Really, I'm starting to think maybe I was just way too disconnected from Star Trek when I watched this. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> at some point he just becomes a goof. Like, a, well, not a goof, but like a, a sitcom TV dad. And therefore I mean, more endearing. A, a, like a TV dad. Like, but I think a less annoying one. Like more endearing, but I, I could be misremembering. I don't know. Ugh. Well, I thought this was a strong week. So this is the best that I have felt about Enterprise since we started. I agree. I think. I think these are two, two certainly two. Of the, I mean, the bar is exceptionally low, but these two episodes definitely rate highly in comparison yeah. to what we've seen before. Yeah, could yes, with this, all this one episode and the other one that you guys seem to like because you like Shran. <laughs> I it was just it was competent, which yeah, I did, it just seemed like it had more going on. It it the pacing almost worked. Yeah, I don't know. I Again, found it very confusing. Without... So. Mm. Could have done without the T'Pol scene. I mean, that's like, I think we can just make a blanket statement about every episode of Star Trek Enterprise and say, I could have done without the T'Pol, the gratuitous T'Pol sexualization. Yeah. And flux. Oh, wait till next week. Oh, God. Next week. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, is this is this the gay kissing? I feel like I've heard about gay kissing in this show. I'm not aware of any gay kissing. Oh, no, this isn't the one I think it is. It's not, is it? Well, we'll talk about that next week. But before we get to next week, we do have our blogtivity for the day. Yay. Oh, shit. shit. And for some reason, I think mostly just to round out TOS, because TOS characters do have... I mean, there are fewer characters in the original series than there are characters in the other series. So I mm. wanted to throw them a bone to make sure we had a number of weeks on the on the original series. Because today but is Ames, Christine Chapel. But Ames, we did DeForest Kelly weeks ago. Uh, I have already yeah. forgotten what I just said. That's fine. It wasn't a good joke. Okay, thank good. You, Jake. Thank <coughs> you, Jake, for the sympathy laugh. I helped. You did. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Chapel's hard. Right, okay, because... I got I got a thing for Chapel. I got a I got a okay. I don't have a good I got one big thing for Chapel. Okay. <laughs> Chapel. Soda Jean. Hey. Hey. Chapel. <laughs> eventually takes her life in hand and fucking makes it on her own. How do now we know this? A doctor. So Chapel's a nurse in yeah. TOS. 
Then there's this line in the motion picture, which reveals that whoever wrote it seems to think nurses are rank and not an actual like <laughs> job that you have to study for in a specific way. Where McCoy is like, I hear Chapel's an MD now. So Chapel, at some point between TOS and the motion picture, went back to school to become an MD and went back to Starfleet to be a doctor in her own right. And then go, Chapel. And then when everyone else on the Enterprise, except Chekhov for a little bit because it was convenient to the plot of Star Trek 2, was like, fuck it, I'm just going to spend the rest of my life with these same five people. She's like, see ya, bitches. And the next time we see her, she's working in Starfleet Command in Star Trek 4, helping organize crisis response on Earth, presumably mm. as some high up in Starfleet Medical. Yeah, she's like, she's, I think that's, I think that's good. I mean, she's like the one person on in the in the enterprise crew that didn't just hitch their wagon to kirk yep for their entire career i mean of sulu, sulu gets away escapes eventually but it takes him a while well so it's, does Chekhov. again briefly for star Chekhov trek just got fired okay <laughs> <laughs> like he fucked off for 10 minutes to be on the reliant things went wrong and he was like this is what i get for leaving kirk and never leaves again yikes i don't know i do think it's a little it could be seen as uncomfortable saying, like, you know, if she went back to, to train to be an MD, as if that's a character progression, because it's like they're saying nurse isn't a good enough job when well, it, it, it sounds almost like it's backhanding nurses. Well, I think, I, again, I don't know what the fuck the writers were thinking, but I just mean Chapel decided just spending the rest of her life in one thing wasn't good enough for her. She's like, I am going to be my own thing. I'm going to see about, you know, and she even said, maybe I'll just be a doctor on the Enterprise. And clearly she's like, no, you know what? It wasn't being a nurse on the Enterprise, being a doctor. I just don't want to deal with the Enterprise anymore. I want my own yeah. life separated from this ship that I spent so much time on and all these people with. You know, it would have been, you know, she'd gone back to school for something else. You know, she just happened to go back for something that was still in her field, just a different way. Well, the other thing, too, if I recall, the follow up to that line of, Oh, I see Chapel's become an MD now. Is yeah. Oh, I don't want another doctor questioning around, or whatever questioning all my all my diagnoses. Uh, which to me is like, okay, I'm not sure McCoy really is going to respect Chapel as a as a physician on as an equal. Yeah. And like, he, really, he wanted an assistant. Yeah. He mm -hmm. didn't want someone at his own level. And maybe that could also explain why we don't see her on the Enterprise after after that film. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to be I'm not going to continue. Like, he probably continued to treat her the same way he always did as as, as his a nurse. Assistant. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm a fucking physician in my own right. Actually, something I wanted to bring up, one of my positives is that in the Lorelei signal, she it. She takes over. She she is the CMO basically. Mm -hmm. When uh, all the all the men have been uh, indisposed. Yeah, and she's the one who saves Spock. Yeah, and Spock is doing some weird chapel. Hear me, listen to me, or whatever the fuck he's doing. And she's like, "Oh, I know where Spock is," because they have this weird bond thing. Mm. Now I'm just now I'm just picturing that scene at the end of Empire Strikes Back when like Luke calls out to Leia. <laughs> so another thing about Chapel is she 
I, I, I can't honestly recall, but my if I'm remembering my what are little girls made of, she wasn't like she only joined Starfleet to look for Corby. And yeah, that was, was the like, chief reason at the very least. Yeah, but like it sounded like, you know, she she was engaged to Corby. She wasn't a nurse. She was like a biologist or something, <laughs> right? Am I misremembering this? You're... I thought she was just like a bi- like a scientist. And then she kind of, maybe I'm just projecting Is all Strange this New Worlds rewriting all this then or what's going on? Oh yeah, Strange New Worlds is completely ignoring the original Chapel character? From, from, well, at least from what her little girl's made of. Because if I recall, she was like, she was just like a scientist, which is cool in and of itself. She was working with her fiance Corby. Corby went off to do his mission, whatever, vanished. And then because in her position as a scientist, she couldn't just like get on a ship and fly around looking for him. She joined up Starfleet. The position that was open on an exploration ship was for a nurse and she knew how to do that. So she became a nurse and then found sort of Corby. So I don't know if it's a good or a bad. Like there's this whole like, okay, there's there's like a loyalty component, you know, with Corby and and like doing what it takes to save someone that you care about. Yeah. I think there's there's respect there. Yeah, but it's kind of a it's kind of like a gross like my life revolves around my man and I'm going to give up everything else I was doing to like change my whole life to see if I can find him even though I'm pretty sure like didn't they think he was dead? She never did. She, well, yeah, no, she, she never, never did. She, no, she, she never did. Right. But you know, but I just I just think putting everything else on your life on hold to like search for someone who is presumed dead. It's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, there's some of that too. That's I feel why like I was it, like I don't, I'm not I feel sure like if it's it a positive or a negative. Yeah, I feel like it just wouldn't fly today, you know, I don't know. But I mean, that said, you know, good for her. <laughs> Whatever. Everybody's got to live their own life and make their own choices. And Chapel did that. Word. Yeah, I just rewatched What Are, what are Little Girls Made Of today. Oh. I, I've, I've already forgotten what the hell, <clears throat> if what the hell Jake just said was in there. <laughs> but one other thing she does in that episode that is really good is because Corby tells Rook, you are to listen to Christine and follow her orders. She orders Rook not to kill Kirk. Mm. So she's the reason Kirk didn't get thrown off of a damn, th- thrown down a hole on that planet like that first uh, security guard did. I mean, Kirk was going to beat that robot with a giant dildo anyway, so. <laughs> Kirk's other rock. Oh, you said rock. I heard rock. <laughs> because that's rock. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, that is confusing. Kirk was going to rock rock. She made plomeek soup that time. That was yeah. cool. She did. That There's another, like. And it's always it's often played for comedic effect, especially in that episode of like Chapel having a crush on Spock, which comes up a lot in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's a little weird. Mm. Yep. I don't know if it was necessary. That it would wasn't. be one of my not good things about Chapel, I would have to say. Yeah, actually, to, to find one of the good the good things about that, because I actually think this was the better of the two scenes in Plato's stepchildren. Because I remember the Uhura Kirk oh, yeah. kiss is kind of 
squicky because Uhura is there trying to rationalize it. And I, th I said this on our, in our Uhura week that when she's basically saying it's okay because it's with you. And I'm, I was just like, oh, are you making it okay that they're doing this? Chat With Chapel, it was never okay. She yeah. was fighting it. She was clearly not into it. She was like, the words were like, not like this, not like this. Cause you know, this is a man who she does have a crush on, but to force them to kiss is non-consensual. And she's basically stating this is not okay, which it absolutely is not. And she is right. Yeah. Which uh, sure is contradicted later in the one bad thing I have, but I'll wait till we're on the bads. All right. Cause I have a, a handful more goods. Who else has more goods? Just you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 she's a fine character. Just she doesn't have much to do. I have a lot she's more a, things she she's does. She's a great nurse. Let's start off with she bitch slaps Spock into consciousness in a private little war. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know we all love very much. Oh, the Mbenga method. Yeah. And he's there and says, no, no, keep smacking him. He loves it. It's like that. It's like that scene in Airplane. <laughs> I had to stop her screaming. <laughs> oh, I just love the idea. Of just a line of crewmen. Yes. <laughs> just keep smacking Spock. She lets Spock possess her in Tomorrow Is Yesterday. When uh, they were trying to get Henock out of Spock's body. Oh, I forgot about that move. Yeah, it was a good yeah. move. And she was also totally into it. <laughs> I said I wanted you inside me. Not like this. Yeah. <laughs> Not like this! Cute data arm wiggle thing. Oh, no. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> More uh, like Joe Piscano. Uh, uh, she, thanks, 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 Jake. <laughs> I'm helping. I'm helping. <laughs> she reteaches Uhura to read in The Changeling after Uhura lost all of her memories. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And that was it was a cute little scene. It's horrifying if you think too oh, yeah. much about it. Try not but, to. But Chapel was very good about it. Hora hora. Uh, what else did I have? Um, ba, ba, ba. Oh, I just remember when when we all learned that McCoy is dying to death in For the World is Hollow When I Have Touched the Sky, that she had the urge to want to tend to him. And I think she had a good line that I, re I read um, that was my my first role or whatever is as a nurse my second is to, is as a member of the enterprise so she wants to help him which is just a very chapel thing yeah yeah said it before the best starfleet medical people it's medical first starfleet second yeah yeah hippocratic oath to the extreme Woo! last one for me just because this is a very stupid one that i remember us laughing at that was funny when garavik Goes and is sulking in his core. Karavik is the guy from Obsession that, oh, yeah. that Kirk sent to his room because he was a bad boy <laughs> and he won't eat. And uh, Nurse Chapel tricks him into eating by bringing a whole bunch of those little wooden block things that are supposed that supposedly have info on them. Gives them to him and says, "Here's your prescription. It's just the McCoy's words: eat." <laughs> and then he eats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say that she put the she like took his fork and knife away and was like, OK, now show mommy how the piggy eats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Is that from a Christmas story? Yes. Yeah. Yes. God, that's a quotable movie. <laughs> it is. Yes, it really is. OK, so I got one bad for Chapel. And again, it really goes against the whole consent thing. She she fucking buys a love potion for Mud in Mud's passion. Yeah, that's fucked up. 
Christine, no. Oof. And then after that, even after, you know, being thirsty enough to literally listen to Mud even talk, which no one should do, she gets tricked by Mud because he steals her badge and escapes Mm -hmm. like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she almost drown in a, uh, in a fishbowl? Yep. Yeah, but I mean, everyone was having a bad day there. They'd all been shrunk down. (laughs) That's not her fault. Yeah, really. What a fucking idiot. She almost drowned. Fucking negative points for you, Chapel. Yeah, how dare you? How dare you? I mean, I think she did, like, trip on a... Like a sewing needle or oh yeah, that was, that was quite stupid. Like tripped on a sewing needle. How far away from the thing was? Because she would have been this fucking tall. Uh, she would have been somewhere on a counter, and to fly that far into a fucking aquarium and nearly no. drown herself. It was probably like a specimen well, it's tank like, or something. It's like Ant Man. You know, she still has her full density of her body. <laughs> so when she falls, she falls far. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Is that stupid. from? Is that a TAS episode? It yeah, sure TAS. is. Oh, all right. I was like, everybody got. Stru- was it the Terratin incident? Yeah, that, that one. one? Yeah. yeah, I just, I was like, all right, Chapel, didn't she do something stupid with Harry Mud? So I googled Harry Mud TAS and read the summaries. Like, right, right, right. Blood potion. Yeah, idiot. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, what the fuck was Mud's passion? I was like, I thought it was just like I Mud and. Um, Mud's women. Mud's women. I was like, the fuck are we talking about? It was like we had, for a minute, it was like I had entered into a separate universe where episodes of TOS existed that I didn't know about. Yeah, that was from season four, don't you remember? (laughs) Oh my god. Happened during the second Kennedy administration. I don't have, uh, I don't really have any bad stuff. Again, I think just the, um, just the the pining after Spock, even though... He's really not into it. Yeah, and then like, she finds out he's secretly engaged. Yeah, like, what the fuck was that reaction? And he's still not into it. I just feel like... But, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, on a starship where you only have however many crew mem- crewmates you have, um, and you have to see them every day, I, it's, you know, I don't know. You do what you gotta do to get through the five-year mission, I guess. Yeah, I just felt like... It, it felt kind of cruel for the for writers to be doing this to her, because it's like, you know he doesn't reciprocate. Yeah, and then you see he has a fiance and and Christine takes it like very personally. It's actually quite funny. I was telling Jake as I was rewatching What Are Little Girls Made of today and they ask or I think Spock asks her uh when they hear his voice on the communicator come in, you know, asking for Kirk and Spock asks her, "Are you sure that's his voice?" Christine asks Spock, "Have you ever been engaged?" Yes, I know that's his voice. And that's just so hilarious in retrospect because she doesn't know that he's engaged. Mm. <laughs> and he doesn't I mean, answer. He specifically gets a little eyebrow raise, doesn't answer because Vulcans never never give you information that they don't have to. I mean, to yeah, be fair, and not Spock answering is isn't more a lie. betrothed than engaged. That's why he paused. Yeah. He was like, like hmm, how much can right I word? lie but not lie? <laughs> a logic <Yeah>. puzzle. <laughs> how do you feel? And like, honestly, from, and again, ignoring canon adjustments from Strange New Worlds, the last time he'd seen T'Pring, she was a child, mm. at least according to, um, to, uh, Amok Time. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what caused all this? Temporal Cold War. Of course. Definitely. It always is. One more thing. One more thing from, from 
Chapel. She gave those snot-nosed children ice cream in And the Children Shall Lead, and they were not even appreciative. Fuck that. Should have laced it with strychnine. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least some kind of sleeping medication. Like, I'm gonna fucking... poison. Definitely poison. Well, medicine is poison. Really, it's just the amount you take of it. So yeah, it's, it, it's maybe maybe she put in this. She put in too much sleeping medicine and killed them. Speaking of overdosing, we're gonna do some more Enterprise next week. Will we survive? Nope. No, oh, I had stuff to do. So yes, next week we will be looking at Fusion and Rogue Planet. And I guess, Ames, are we are we moving on? Are we going to be on Mr. Pickard next week? Yeah, yeah. Now that we've gone through all the TOS char- characters that I care about. Sorry, Rand. We're going to move on to TNG characters, starting with our captain, Pickard. All right. So Gene Luke Pickard. And I think we decided or you guys decided and I'm allowing it that, yes, we can include things from the series Picard as well as TNG. Is that correct? Because I mean, in that case, all of, the, all of the worst moments will just be being in that show. <laughs> well, I mean, unless unless you're planning to do another Picard specific Picard. We could. It feels like it's the same character. We might as well. It's going to be a while until we get there, but. Yeah. Tell you what. Tell you what. Let's just stick with TNG. Fair, fair. Because we're sort of kind of treating this as a watch along. And in theory, there are people out there who haven't seen Picard yet who are listening. Maybe who knows? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and we haven't um, covered it on the show. I think it also helps when we discuss things because it makes us re- like remember things a little better. Yeah, and honestly, just having not seen TNG in a while and having seen Picard very recently, I can find plenty of bad things just from the first season of TNG. I don't need Picard <laughs> to help. <laughs> That's true. There are way more episodes of TNG than TOS as well. Yeah, yeah. and again, those that first season is... So... With that, follow us on the usual social media places, the Facebook, the SoundCloud, the Tumblr, burr, burr, burr. follow us on your favorite podcasty app type thing. And uh, yeah, until next week, this has been Chris. This has been Stinky. This has been <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> and this is always James Joyce's farts. Woo! <laughs> Oh, son of a bitch bastard. Son of a bitch bastard. Me? You got that right. Did what Chris happened? grow a horn? No, I, ow, I tried like kind of moving my neck around a little and I pulled something in my shoulder. Oh, oh that's your, your first mistake. Never oh, move around thing. a little. <laughs> oh my God. Chris, I told you, you're supposed to stretch before this podcast. <laughs> you're supposed to stretch before you stretch. Stretch. <laughs> Basically. We're all old, old folks now. Let's do a podcast, though. Let's do it.